Welcome to another episode, girl. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. This week, I want to highlight one of Harry's charities. This is one of the first charities of his that I've actually had the chance to highlight on the show. So, of course, this week, I want to pick Centibale. Now, about Centibale. Centibale is a charity founded by the Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry, and Prince Say so. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Say so. Somebody let me know what the pronunciation is on that. In 2006, following Prince Harry's gap year to Lesotho in 2004, they helped the most vulnerable children in Lesotho, Botswana, and Malawi get the support they need to lead healthy and productive lives. Sintabali works with local grassroots organizations to help these children the victims of extreme poverty, and the HIV-AIDS epidemic. Together, they're making a big difference to these children's lives. They can even do more with our help. Lesotho is a small country with big problems. Every day, hundreds of children become victims of the AIDS epidemic as one or both of their parents fall to the disease. They are left so vulnerable in life-threatening situations and often at risk of child exploitation. When I first visited Lesotho and got to know these children, I felt compelled to help them. It was apparent that despite all their hardship and suffering, they were not prepared to give up on the hope of a normal, happy childhood, something that you and I take for granted. At Centibali, we have worked hard since our beginning in 2006 to improve these children's quality of life. Lesotho is a challenging country to operate in, with poor infrastructure and mountainous terrain. Despite this, Centibali has made real and visible progress in setting up and supporting a wide range of initiatives that focus on helping some of the most vulnerable children in the world. Our ability to work in partnership with the Basutu people at all levels, from government to a local shepherd in the mountains, has enabled us to provide better care and education to a number of children. These include those with disabilities, those suffering from the HIV virus, and shepherd boys whose tradition of herding livestock limits their access to education. None of this would have been possible without your care and funding. Prince Seso and I are immensely grateful for the difference you are allowing us to make, and most importantly, so the children. We're extremely proud of all that Centibali has achieved, but there is still so much more to do. Your continued support is key to us achieving this. Thank you once again. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Centibali's vision. Their vision is to work in partnership to transform positively the lives of the world's most vulnerable children. Their mission is to become the leading organization in the provision of psychosocial support for children living with HIV in Southern Africa. Sintabale is built on four pillars. These are four programs that support the youth of Lesotho, Botswana, and Malawi. First is the Living with HIV program. 
which helps those struggling to come to terms with their HIV status by providing fun, friendly, and safe environments for them to address their mental health and well-being amongst their peers, giving them the tools and knowledge that they need to lead long, healthy, and productive lives. Their second program is Care and Education. In that program, they provide care and education for vulnerable children, particularly those affected with HIV. Sintabali supports community-led organizations and families caring for orphans and those living with disabilities. Partners are helped through grants, management support, and the provision of training and specialists. They support some of Lesotho's most vulnerable children with secondary school bursaries. Those include children who have lost one or both parents and those living with disabilities. The third program is the Let Youth Lead. The Let Youth Lead Advocacy Program provides young people with a platform to voice the challenges of youth living with HIV and those affected by the epidemic in sub-Saharan Africa. This program aims to engage policymakers to drive positive change in HIV interventions that better support the generation. It is their vision that all youth know and manage their HIV status by the year 2020. And the fourth and final pillar of this great charity is called the Youth Hub. Now, in this program, Sintabali provides adolescent-friendly HIV testing and counseling services and HIV prevention services in Lesotho with young people between the ages of 18 and 24 at the heart of delivering the work. Those young people are called their peer educators. Wow, just to think that Harry and Prince Seso started this charity. Harry was only 19 years old. You know, this was his gap year. And so to know that this charity is still doing such remarkable work and much needed work um, for young people, because young people, they can teach those that come after them and then those after them, um, just the importance of knowing and, and also helping to destigmatize living with HIV. But um, it's such a great charity. And to know that he was only 19, it just... Just blows my mind. It shows you that he truly, truly cares. So once again, it was founded by Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, alongside Prince Seso, who is royalty uh, in Lesotho. So if you would like to take action, you can follow the link. I'll include that in the description and um, to, or see how you can contribute. Sintapali even gives suggestions for how you might want to contribute other than to simply just hit that donate button. Um, they give you the option of if you're getting married and you have a wedding registry, instead of, instead of having, you know, your folks buy you <laughs> another appliance that you might not even want or need uh, or even have the space for, right? Um, they can instead, you can actually make your registry um, a way for your guests to, in lieu of useless appliances, taking that money and donating that to Sintabale as their wedding gift to you, which is amazing. I think Harry and Megan did something like that. Um, so you can do that. If you're interested in doing that, you're getting married because, you know, it's wedding season. Um, 
definitely go to the website and see how you can do that. That would be great. Um, if you have that Knowles, Carter, Fenty type coin, you can even make what they call a substantial donation by contacting them directly via phone. They list a phone number or you can email the charity. Um, you know, that's to let them know that <laughs> where, you know, where you want to wire the big dollar. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm sure they will give you more info on how to, how to wire your uh, big boy cash. If that, you know, if that fits you or the third suggestion, which I also love is that you can um, leave Centabale, you know, just drop their name in your will. <laughs> you know what I mean? People do that all the time, especially if they're, they're super rich and they don't, maybe they don't want to give it all to their children or they don't have any children and they don't want to leave it to the dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they, they put in a charity. I've heard of people giving like their entire fortune. I believe it was to like the Red Cross crazy. So you can put Centibali in there. You know, you don't, it might not have to be your entire fortune, but it could be, you know, a little, a little 50 mil, you know? So a lot of people, um, do that. So, uh, I like that they actually include that because actually you can do that for any charity, but you know, go ahead, Centibali. And of course you can just regular donate. If you just got $20 to spare, want to go in there and donate, definitely do that. So, um, if you don't have money, you can give time. Maybe you would help organize an event um, or, or, you know, contribute with others or collaborate with others that way. So, um, or you can just spread the word. So, Sintabale, uh, the word translates into forget me not. So let us not forget the children and the young people in Lesotho, Lesotho who are trying to um, continue to do the great work that will impact, you know, a population for generations. So go to centibale.org and find out more. Okay, so now we got to unpack some things that didn't happen this week. Really, I don't have a whole lot to get to, but um, there's a little, I'm, I think I'm going to pick a topic and go deep. But um, before I do that, please make sure that you, if you haven't done that, please just give, leave me a five star or some kind of rating, whatever. It really doesn't have to be five star if you don't want to be five star, but whatever you think it is. Um, and just leave me a rating because I think that will help people to find the podcast. Okay. So first and foremost, it surprises no one. We can just call this part one. It surprises no one that Trump, of all people, knowing the state visit was coming up, would call Megan Nasty or any other name. You know what I mean? It surprises no one, absolutely no one. And it, and to be honest, the sad part is that it outrages no one. I mean, of course, people are angry, but you know that's who Trump is. But it, it's sad that we're actually there. Like, we're right there where nobody is actually even so surprised by the fact that this president is a clown. But anyway, um, so, yeah, nobody's surprised by that. But um, and people can try as they might, you know, to want to cape for Trump. But he said what he said. And we all heard what he said because it was recorded. And uh, he said, quote, he did not know she was nasty. OK, so. 
that can mean one of two things, really, if you're just looking at the grammar. He didn't know that she was a, in his opinion, a nasty person, or he didn't know that she had said something that he considers to be nasty about him. Okay. We know that this is a person who has no shyness about insulting women. We know that even going so far as to like sexually assault him, assault them is in his character. So, you know, he called Hillary a nasty woman. I think that's the, probably the most well-known, most publicized um, instance of that. He called April D. Ryan, who was a reporter, a black female reporter, a nasty woman. And for those who don't know, because I know some of my listeners are not uh, American. Um, for those who don't know, April Ryan is a prominent press pool reporter. That's just the um, White House pool. They go to the daily briefings and they sit in the seats and they ask the questions. Um, and she rose to prominence out of all of the contentious daily press briefings with the Trumps, uh, with Trump's um, press secretary, Sarah Sanders. Just Google her. Um so the White House and Trump himself have, because he's been answered, you know, reported questions as well, have treated April with like such like so poorly. Um, and they've treated her with such a considerable amount of distaste just for asking questions that make them uncomfortable. You know, questions that America wants to know the answers to, but they talk down to her and talk over her simply because, you know, that's how they want it. To me, it seems like that's how they want to treat a black woman, especially if it's like televised, right? So all of that brought her, you know, half a million Twitter followers and she's got like best-selling books and all of that. So, you know, she's doing well. <laughs> um, and they're bestsellers too. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm here for a black woman make a positive out of a negative. But um, she's just an example of um, how nasty Trump can be to other people. You know why he's calling other people nasty. But he's called Kamala. Uh, Kamala, I'm sorry. I always want to call her Kamala. Kamala Harris, he's called her a nasty woman. Um, or he said, you know, she was nasty for saying something rude about him. Um, you know, but to speak the facts, you know, he's an equal opportunity asshole because he's called, you know, like the Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, called him uh, nasty. <laughs> Plenty of male American politicians, nasty, particularly the people that he is against. So like when he was running for um, uh, president before he became the Republican nominee, he was running against all these Republican, all of them was nasty. You know what I'm saying? And so why am I going into all of that? Because anybody who is in a position that Trump deems as adversarial, they're nasty. And why are they nasty? Because Trump is a literal imbecile with a very limited vocabulary, one that won't allow him to adequately articulate his grievances with people. He's just a moron. So everybody's nasty to him. So the thing that I look at, because I'm, I guess I'm so used to Trump just spewing out of the mouth, um, is the reporter that basically set that up you know, or that it was set up at all. Like he was led into answering the question by the Sun reporter. And we know their coverage of Megan has been just straight pitiful. 
of course, right? Like from the start. So Trump being the tabloid king and being an idiot walked right into it. And you know he can't not speak his mind. You know, I mean, every little thing that's on his mind, he's going to spew it out, right? So like a couple of things. The reporter said something that a lot of people took issue with, which, you know, kind of had me thinking too. He was like, we call her something else over here or something to that, you know, to that effect. Well, we know you do because, you know, you've called her all kinds of names. But like the audacity of one white man to remark about a royal black woman to another white man. You know what I mean? And have what the reporter thought would be a laugh at her expense is fucking disgusting. And this is why we have a problem with the coverage of Megan, because it is fundamentally flawed. Like, think about it. It's fundamentally flawed. You got white men conversing about a black woman's choices for herself. That's my primary takeaway from that whole exchange. And that is, by definition, misogynistic. And, you know, I get that he was her former president and uh, I get that she said that she would move if he was elected. But like, how was that even relevant to his state visit? You know, other than to start shit. Like, how is any of what Megan wanted to do for herself or how she viewed the world? How is that any of Trump's business? And so I feel like it's also like disrespectful to the office of the president. Forget Trump. I'm talking about the office of the president. I don't think you would have asked Obama a question like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you shouldn't you be asking a president something a little bit more substantial (laughs) than something you heard somebody say that was just in the royal family. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that stupid? Like, that's disrespectful to the office to me. As an American, I'm offended. Um, not for real, but but still. Uh, but because it's Trump, you're going to ask him some messy shit because, you know, he's a messy ass person. And there was no reason to ask him that question other than for one white man to give another white man the opportunity to shit on a black woman, which is exactly what he did. Now, I personally don't think Trump walks around or spends his time thinking about Megan the way the reporter probably does, the one that asked the question, um, like the way all of those tabloid reporters do. You know, she's their bread and butter, to be quite honest. And uh, he was asked the question, so he was just so dumb that he fell for it. And, of course, that became its own sort of um, news cycle frontrunner. Because that's all people talked about for like the rest of the day. So this to me, this isn't so much about Trump as it is about, you know, demonstrating the fact that the British tabloid media will use ploy after ploy to keep Megan's name in their news stories and in their headlines. That's to me, that's all that is. Trump is just the clown. And that's a shame because he... You know, he's the president of the United States, but he still looks more clownish to me than the than the British media tabloids themselves. But that's another story. But like I can just hear them saying, you know, if I could just get the president to say something about Megan, you know, ahead of the state visit and, you know, or or whatever that, you know, he's stupid enough to fall for it, you know, and they did. And of course, they got massive headlines, you know, an American president shading the only American royal, 
those are big headlines for any publication. And to be honest, from a financial standpoint, you'd be dumb to not capitalize on the moment. You know what I'm saying? Because people are going to click, click on whatever it is. If they, especially if they see Meghan Markle, um, you know, it's just so sensational. So because it ordinarily wouldn't happen, but, um, and then I feel like, you know, the British media kind of set Harry up for that situation to have to entertain the Trumps the next day after Trump had said that. You know what I mean? To entertain the Trumps is bad enough. <laughs> you can disagree with me if you want. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but if you disagree, this is probably not the podcast for you. I'm just saying because we probably going to disagree on a lot, girl. But um, I say this with every cell in my body. Fuck Trump. Period. And I really want you to feel that too. That's all I'm saying. But you know what I mean? You can listen if you want to, but just let you know. So, um, but then I think, you know, for Harry to have to entertain the Trumps after what Trump said about this man's wife, regardless of how Trump wanted it to be interpreted, because you, you know, you can control what you say, you know, but you have no control over how what you say is perceived by other folks. So you got to be careful with the words that you choose. But like, if you think about it, it was a true setup for Harry. It was like a perfect setup. And I, I really felt bad for him, um, you know, especially because every picture I saw of him had him like fidgeting with his ring, you know, to me, which is all the evidence I need to say uh, that he didn't want to be there. He did not want to be there. That's a that's a tick. You know what I'm saying? It's a tell. But um, every other picture I saw of him, like of his face, he just had this bewildered expression, <laughs> like like he was shell shocked or something. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to be funny. Y'all know what picture I'm talking about. Um, he's just staring off into space. You know what I mean? Like, am I really he he and kiki with these motherfucking bigots? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? After this man just said what he said about my wife. So I feel your pain, Harry. You got to do what you got to do. You're a gentleman. You're a diplomat. You know, and you're your grandmother's favorite grandson. So um, you got to do what you got to do. I would never judge Harry for that. But I just feel really bad for him that he had to even just be in the same room with them same zip code with those terrible folks but as far as I know Harry is not pictured with Trump but he being the gentleman that he is uh walked and talked with some of the uh Trump hangers on and then um after it was over Harry dipped he left and he did it expeditiously uh yeah he left in a hurry that's what that's what the report um that I saw said um, and they said they that he went to the gym probably to blow some steam, sweat them trumps out, get them out of your pores, you know. And Harry knows who these people are, you know. He is not interested in associating with them, and he absolutely does not have to. And again, somebody said it was bad manners that Harry didn't go up to Trump and chat him up. You know what I mean? Like. Again, the media is trying to have it both ways, but not caring about the destruction that they're causing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they just want to be able to sit back and watch. That's crazy to me. But, you know, Harry isn't going to chat Trump up after he said what he said. 
<laughs> that would even be awkward, you know? So, you know, he's smarter than that. And at the end of the day, that man is a lion. Harry is a lion with little respect for an orange turd. The Trumps, dare I say, are worse than the Middletons. And I think they're worse than the Markles. They're that bad. The Markles and the Middletons just want access to the fly shit. You know, like impeccable horses and Bentleys and castles and private and first class travel and recognition and rubbing elbows with famous people, financial come ups, you know, and general praise from the public. What do the Trumps want? Who are the Trumps? Nah, they got blood on their hands to me. They do. Well, obviously they do. Um, And then they vilify children because, you know, they're brown and in search of a better life. You know, they block Muslims from coming here. They are some wall building, money laundering, I don't care, jacket wearing, speech plagiarizing, (laughs) draft dodging, non-tax paying, Russia colluding thugs who couldn't identify the truth if it smacked them in the face. These people don't deserve good graces from dogs, let alone decent people. Quote me on that. And who did Trump sit down with just as soon as he could? Pierce Morgan. That's right. And so that tells you who Pierce Morgan is right there. Because we already know who Trump is for real, for real. But Trump only talks to people who were just like him. And Trump loves Pierce. Let that sink in. And pay Pierce Morgan the same bit of attention I pay Trump. I done tune Trump out. Trump don't even exist in my world. You know what I mean? Only to the extent that he has to. But he's so, like, you know, he's the president, but he's so tiny to me because he's a, he's a tiny man-child. Pierce is the same. So I don't pay that dude no mind. <laughs> I don't know why y'all do, but hey, do y'all. Also, what I see in this whole fiasco is that there are certain groups of people, certain entities that just cannot function without Megan's names in their mouths. Boo hasn't been out for weeks. And when she came out, it was for two minutes, you know. But yet she is the most talked about person going into the state visit. Such irony, you know. And the irony is that Kate and Will, they weren't even at the lunch thing or whatever it was, lunch and girl. So they're ragging on Megan for not working through her maternity leave. Yet, the two other working royals were not there. Harry was there. You know what I mean? So the double standards that black women face. And lots of Cambridge fans slash Megan haters, like they're forever like not minding their business. They took issue with all the praise that Megan got once the world's feminists began to defend her from that Trump comment. So like, think about it. They were angry that Megan, who just had a baby, won't come out to meet the president. The president that says black people are stupid for not voting for him. That president then calls her nasty. Meanwhile, Megan and Archie 
are minding their black-ass business at the Queen's Castle in Windsor. Literally. Then the world speaks up on Meghan's behalf. And then the other girls kind of just lose it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because I know they're frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like they can't fucking win. Meghan's not working. Meghan is still in the headlines. You know what I mean? Not only that, but now people are all supporting Meghan. And Megan ain't been seen. And they wondering why she's still outshining their favorite. And so who do they jump to defend? You guessed it. Trump, the misogynist. A lot of these folks are Brexiters and MAGA thugs. They are one and the same. And I think we didn't all learn that. All of us thinking folk in the world. We didn't learn that in these last couple of years. So they are anti-woman, anti-black, anti-pock, blowhards with verbal diarrhea, but, you know, never with anything substantive to say. And the function that Will and Kate, no shade to them, the function that they went to, the dinner, uh, the state dinner, I guess that's officially what it's called, they were, again, largely overshadowed even in Megan's absence, because Camilla had won the day. You know, she had won the headlines that day just because of the wink. You know what I mean? Like, she really had her moment. And, you know, that caused even more people to really just warm up to her because we know what a tense situation it is. The whole state visiting, you can see how stiff everybody was in those videos. But um, if you, you know, looked at them. But um, I, I love Camilla's sense of humor, and I thought, you know, good for her. So... Um, nobody was thinking about Will and Kate either because they were absent or overshadowed, (laughs) you know, uh, Ooh, isn't that the story? But, uh, (laughs) sorry. Um, so, you know, I just have to laugh and, you know, um, I love that Camilla, you know, had a little fun with it. So in fairness, Trump was nasty to Kate too. So, you know, let me just be, you know, for real here. Um, because what he said about her was wrong. It was just really disgusting, which is his brand. So, um, you know, it was good to see that they did show up and they were good sports in it. Uh, you know, cause after all, they didn't pick our president. Our dumbasses did over here. So, well, not me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not me. I'm speaking collectively with the help of Vladimir Putin, girl, probably. Uh, these dumbass motherfuckers over here elected Trump, so... Thank y'all for putting up with their asses this weekend or this week. Um, so <laughs> anyway, yeah, they didn't they didn't pick our president. We did. So, you know, at this rate, you know, we're, we're kind of better off as um, probably like a British colony or something, you know, back the way it, it would have been, you know, um, because, you know, I'm sure they're having to laugh at that. But uh, yeah, who, who thought America would be here? Uh, you know, and Megan, yeah, she did say she would have moved if he was elected and he got elected. And guess what sis did? She moved her ass to Canada. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But ain't nobody care about it when it happened, you know, uh, and she, she kept her motherfucking promise to herself, you know, and then she went to England. So boo got follow through for one. And a lot of times I even forget that Megan is American. Because I associated her with Canada for so long. 
Anyway, God bless America. God save the queen. God bless us all. This podcast is brought to you by smackthattrick.org. Now, smackthattrick.org is a it's a wonderful organization that allows you to get a lot off your chest with a short period of time. If you go to smackthattrick.org, you can see that you can buy a package of five smacks for 39.99. That's five whole smacks. Now, this is basically how it works because I'm going to tell you my story. Um, So I was, you know, pumping gas one day, you know, not too long ago. And this woman drives up behind me and she's just basically trying to rush me. Hurry, hurry up, hurry up. And I'm just going as fast as I could go. What was happening was the pump was just pumping slow. So it was taking longer than I normally would. Right. So she got out of her car and she walked up to me. And she starts yelling at me, you know, in today's climate, you know, people call the police on you. What do you, you know, so just for defending yourself even. So, you know, I looked on my app. I went to my smackthattrick.org app and uh, I saw that I had all five smacks left. I realized I hadn't used it. And so the thing is, you can use it and it's penalty free. You're not going to jail when they show up. You don't even gotta stay, really. <laughs> when they show up, you show them what you what you purchase is certified, you know, and they let you go on about your day. So you know what I did? I smacked that trick. Don't you want to get something off your chest too? You understand? I know you know it's our first sponsor, so you know we kind of shaky, but you know, um, we grateful. I'm telling you, smackthattrick.org. But make sure you use my promo code you know what i'm saying because you gonna get 25 percent off so smack that trick dot or slash sussex set that's my promo code 25 percent off thank me later thank me later and smack that trick dot org their products are good for international use on your haters both at home and abroad and so megan you got a complimentary set coming straight to you I hope you use a girl. Welcome back to the podcast. That ad was fake as fuck. So um, Harry and Meghan are supporting Pride. That to me is badass. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, They are the first royal couple to officially come out and support the LGBT community uh, for Pride Month. Or really... I guess, well, I guess for Pride Month. I don't know. I don't want to say at all, but maybe at all. I don't know. But, um, of course, you know, a press release or, you know, an announcement of of any kind like they did with Archie on your Instagram is just as good as any kind of publicist press release from the old days. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a big deal. So um, for the month of June, I'm just reading their caption. We proudly shine a light on Pride. Um, this month we pay tribute to the account supporting the LGBTQ plus communities, those young and old, their families and friends, accounts that reflect on the past and are hopeful for a deservedly more inclusive future. And they said, we stand with you and support you because it's very simple. Love is love, which is basically the motto um, that we all kind of took out of 
um, the legal, the of course the eventual legalization of uh, gay marriage in America. Um, it was a huge deal, huge deal. Uh, even the house, like you know, the house. Why can I speak? The White House lit up in the iconic uh, pride colors. So that's a big deal. So proud of Harry and Meghan for doing that. Um, because, you know what, to be honest, they are a modern couple and it does lead the way for this institution, which is still very anachronistic to just kind of take some more steps, some quicker steps into the future. You know what I'm saying? So they don't look as irrelevant as they're quickly become, uh, look, you know, seeming to a lot of people. But uh, anyway, I can't quite make that call. But um, a lot of LGBT Brits were speaking about that. Um, we're happy about it. I follow Tom Daly, um, the, the diver, I was gonna say swimmer. Um, and he even wrote on there, you know, so I think that's great. That's great for them to be able to see that from the Royal family. And, um, yeah, I'm just proud of them for daring to be different and to do things their way. And of course on that issue, I do stand with them 100%. And I, you know, will admit that I'm a little sad to see how ugly people are to them in their comments. Um, these are people, you know, that they carry hate with them wherever they go. And you know who they are because that's some of the same people on Twitter, you know. Um, but they carry their hate and their resentment with them wherever they go, you know, and they just stink up the whole comment section. And they love that they think they have a direct line to Megan. So like if they post a comment that definitely Megan is going to see it, which she may or may not, you know, but they post dumb shit in the comments. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and they also, they like try to frame it as if it's, you know, it's like a backhanded type compliment too, which is so stupid. But, um, you know, we knew this would happen, you know, and the same trolls would like take their hatred from their dead KP page, which basically doesn't get very much engagement despite the number of followers, um, to the new page that's getting all the attention. You know, that's what cowards do. They punch people that they don't think are going to punch back or will be able to, um, you know, but how Harry and Meghan are punching back is they're living well, you know, because it is truly the best revenge. Pettiness is cute and it's fun, but it's like living well, seeing one of your, you know what I'm saying? Um, somebody that you know, either you dislike or someone who dislikes you, it's going to burn whoever the jealous party is, they're going to burn up just to see you live well. And each time they see Harry look lovingly or speak loving words about his wife, that jealousy burns a little bit deeper because they know she'll never not be great. Sis <laughs> is a whole black American woman living in a mansion on castle grounds. Bitch is literal royalty and is being dicked down by the fine prince who is coincidentally the modern day Prince Charming. They don't know now and they can stay mad about it. So to me, that's where those comments come from is jealousy. And, you know, with that, it's not true criticism. It's jealousy, pure antique. But it's amazing that the sixth in line and his wife have their heads that messed up.
And she messed it up pretty badly because she is clearly all they think about. She won. Thankfully, it will not stop Megan and Harry from doing what they have to do because they're grown adults, you know. Um, And I'm glad they're pressing on because that's what other alternative do they have. But they're going to do it with grace. And that's why we love them. So anyways, Troop in the Color is this Saturday. Um, Hopefully, you know, if you're hearing this is either on the Thursday or Friday, Um, but Saturday the 8th. Uh, so I will be looking for Megan. My eyes will be peeled. Um, but if she doesn't go, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be like I say, I'd be happy either way, because if she's not there, then she's resting and she ain't got nobody bothering her or picking her apart. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I will be looking for her either way. But I'll probably see it when I wake up, though, because I'm so far behind <laughs> uh, the time. Anyway, like seven, six, seven hours or something like that. So um, that's all I have for today. Please make sure you say hey to me on Twitter or Instagram. I am at Sussex Squad. Or if you want to follow the, the podcast on Instagram, it is at Sussex Set. Um, I will again, try to put a little bit more content on the actual YouTube video that has the podcast. So it'll just be a little bit longer than whatever the podcast time is, but, um, please do make sure you go to centibali.org that that's a real charity centibali.org, uh, founded by two princes and those princes share a vision for the children of Southern Africa. Um, it's such a worthy cause. And you see how much fire Harry has in his chest for that charity, um, as well as standing in his mother's legacy in another, yet another way. So please go to centibali.org and just even just to get educate yourself about the charity and see what else they're doing and, um, you know, where what else they're sponsoring. A lot of times they'll f- sponsor these runs or sport um, challenges or events, you know, um, so uh, just see what, what, what else you can learn about the charity and, and maybe you'll tell somebody else about it and they may donate. So, uh, org, and thank you guys for tuning in as always and keep shining your light. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.